So I've been thinking a lot about child sacrifice lately. I know that's a really weird way to start a podcast, but stick with me, stay tuned. You'll find out why. Okay, so I'm actually going to devote two episodes of this show to child sacrifice because I want to make the argument that it's still going on today just in a much more subversive way. But first, let's go over a brief history of child sacrifice because, like it or not, we've been kind of doing it as a human race throughout history. It's like a major deal. Remains of children have been found over the years in connection with the Aztec, Inca, Maya, and, and Mochi cultures. And there are also references to, to child sacrifice in the Bible, evidence of it happening in, in ancient Phoenicia, and in Carthage, Arabia, Europe, and Africa. So yeah, pretty much everywhere. And it all is to appease a god or, or gods, to bring prosperity and happiness and success. And I know I didn't mention America just now, but, but that's because I think we actually still do child sacrifice. It's just way more subversive. Like one of the interesting things and, and patterns I've seen throughout culture is that it's always a female virgin, right? Like that's the way to go for some reason to appease a god. So, so we're probably talking about like a preteen or a teenage girl. So you've got this scenario where you parade this young girl around to the citizens and you're telling them like, hey, this is, this is what makes us happy. Let's celebrate it. And, and then let's discard it. And it all sounds like eerily familiar to me. I think about Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Bynes, Britney Spears, Jody Sweeten, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Winona Ryder, Marilyn Monroe. These, these were girls. These were young girls that we turned to stars. We gave them fame and fortune. We invaded their private lives. And we shamed them publicly. By the very definition, we put them on a pedestal. And then we all acted like, what's the big deal when they spun out of control? And that's just a brief list. Like the pattern checks out if you look throughout history. And it's not just girls, by the way. Look at Justin Bieber. Look at Macaulay Culkin. Look at Haley Joel Osment and Gary Coleman. And what's nuts to me is like all of this happened before, before the rise of social media. I think it's just a very complicated relationship that millennials have with social media. You know, it, it was one of the defining contributions of our generation. And I think now a lot of us are trying to reckon with, was this good? You know, was this, was this a good thing to unleash on humanity? This is Kim Lear, and she's a generational researcher. She goes around speaking to companies about uh, emerging trends impacting the future of the workforce and the economy. And by researching the data, Kim was able to articulate really my biggest fear that, that today we're not just sacrificing a chosen few, we're at risk of sacrificing every kid. Humans being distilled into a brand for consumption is just one of the most like underreported detrimental things that has happened during their formative years. So what happened? How do we how do we get here? Millennials, we had this huge rise of reality television, which sort of made possible where you didn't really have to have any exceptional talent in order to become famous. Gen Z is basically growing up with that on steroids, where you really don't need to have um, anything out of the ordinary in order to gain a fan base. And so I think that that kind of has a complicated relationship where when you think about the things that you share um, and kind of have this like underlying story of how that could lead to money, a profession, fame, 
you know, anyone can be a star. Anyone can be a celebrity, but the price you pay for it is that you're no longer really a human. You are a brand. And I think that that is such a strange message to tell young people that all the complexities about you, all of the humanness about you can really be um, packaged for monetary gain. And I think for, for young people, well, you know, whether they necessarily realize that or not, that shapes you. It does shape you. How can it not? Sure, we might not be sacrificing kids to an ancient god with seven heads anymore, but, but what if our modern god is the almighty algorithm? Kim went on to explain what kids are doing to combat this kind of child sacrifice. For example, she said that, that kids are creating fake Instagram accounts, otherwise known as Finstagram accounts. Finstagram accounts, they're fake. It's like, it's a, it's a private Instagram account that, um, and typically the only people who you would even give the, like the username to it, it'll be like you and 15 super close friends. And so it's unedited. It's not a highlight reel. Um, one of the young, <laughs> one young woman who I spoke with, she has like my favorite Instagram account. It's just pictures of her eating chicken. She like loves chicken. And she was like, so yeah, I'll just like go and I'll just like eat different kinds of chicken. <laughs> it's just, to me, that is still the like small arena of social media that does have more of that um, raw vibe because it isn't for public consumption. It's for, you know, 12, 13, 14 people and it's funny and it's uh, unedited. It's pretty wild to me that what kids are calling fake is, is actually real. Like we've, we've got the two terms completely switched. So we're gonna end this episode on kind of a cliffhanger slash somber note because in part two, we're gonna dive into the idea that Kim mentioned about creating stuff for a small community. We're basically going to expand the concept of, of Finstagram and see how it could, it could potentially play out across all kinds of, of art and media. I'll talk to a therapist who, who specializes in something she calls media trauma, and, and I promise there will be hope at the end of this tunnel for anybody who wants to be the digital public. Hey, thanks for listening to Digital Poets. To find out more about Ringbeller Studios and how we can help you and your organization create fun and engaging learning content, especially in the virtual age where everyone is working remotely from home, go to ringbeller.com slash studio. You can also pick up my book at getweirdbook.com. Hey, there are video versions of each of these podcasts full of clips and visuals and footage that, well, you can't see here, obviously. So you can subscribe to those videos at youtube.com slash cjcast. That's youtube.com slash cjcas. Or if you are a diehard podcaster, I get it, I am too. Do me a favor and leave a quick review. Next week is part two of our series on child sacrifice. We'll see you then.